This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. Sports industry veteran and entrepreneur, Cole Rubin has launched Seat Club, the first and only subscription-based ticketing platform designed to help consumers avoid all those nasty hidden fees that we have come to expect. Welcome to Seat Club, where the thrill of live events meets unbeatable savings. At Seat Club, transparency is our cornerstone. Our members purchase tickets at our cost, ensuring there are no hidden markups or fees. Say goodbye to the frustration of deceptive pricing. We're up to 35% cheaper than our competitors for the exact same tickets. Seat Club founder and CEO Cole Rubin is my guest here on Sports Jam. Great to see you. Great to see you, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, let's start off with why you felt that you had to launch C-Club in January. I think it goes back to my origins. I've been in live events for as long as I can remember, you know, paying my way through college, doing travel packages for road games for the Baltimore Ravens was how I paid my way through school. We, we ran that business for a number of years transition into a business, Dynasty Sports and Entertainment, now known as Logitics, where we help teams and rights holders be able to better price and distribute their ticketing. Um, and then after you know that long run of both those businesses, I've had the time to really be with my family. I have twin 12-year-olds and a nine-year-old and my wife, and we're all sports fanatics. And when I was in the industry in the past, we would get great access to go to events. Teams would have us out, comp tickets, um, you know, really rolled out the red carpet for us. Since I've been out of the industry, I've been buying tickets like everyone else, searching on, you know, the various four or five different websites, looking at the same tickets, only to have to go through the long sales funnel to be hit with that fee at the very end of the transaction. And in June of this year, I live in South Florida now. My family, huge Heat fans, Florida Panthers fans, both of those teams happened to make the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals in the same week. And it just so happened there were alternating days where my family was going to a game pretty much every other day, if you count the entirety of the playoffs, for weeks on end. And the amount of fees we paid were just outrageous. And so from that point on, I said, I know there's a better way. And so I've become obsessed with figuring out how to create a platform that frankly serves my family and helps us to be able to go to games for the best price possible, thinking that there's going to be many other people out there that value live events the way that we do, that are sick of paying these fees and want to be able to access the same inventory at the best possible prices. We're going to get into your background here on Sports Jam and how Dynasty, under your tutelage, grew into one of the largest inventory and technology providers. But I think a lot of people are confused when it comes to how the whole industry, the ticketing industry works, whether you're going to a, a music event or a sporting event. Who gets the tickets? What company sells the tickets? Where do you get tickets now? How does that work? Can you explain the process for us so we understand how the transactions are made and, and how you get tickets that, that we can purchase. Yeah, that's great. And I think that I know government's looking into it now and we've had, you know, the Taylor Swift debacle amongst many over the past years and, and decades. 
And ticketing is really a hot button issue for everyone around, you know, not only who's accessing the tickets, but at what price. And I think it's something that's evolving every day, every tour. And so if you look at the landscape right now, the vast majority of tickets that you're seeing on these major secondary ticketing websites are either resellers who have bought that inventory or rights holders that are using technology providers to get distribution to all of these different platforms. And so that's why you're seeing the vast majority of inventory being the same across all these, these platforms. And so, you know, over the past six months, we've been really working hard at developing these relationships, um, some proprietary to be able to tap into the same inventory supply that all of these other major ticketing exchanges have. Is it a battle with the venues themselves too on, on this whole, you know, whole process? You know, I don't think it's as much the venues. If you talk about the fee aspect of it, where Ticketmaster sometimes gets a bad rap for some of their fees that actually go to the venues. So when you look at some of these, these ticketing fees, the venue does play a part in that. Um, but I don't think it's as much about the venues as much as it is about either artists or teams or resellers trying to capture as much revenue as possible, which frankly, I think, you know, is fair for an artist or a team to say, this is the value of our inventory. This is what we deserve to be paid. I don't think anyone would have a qualm about that, right? I'm a big live event uh, music guy. If I know that my favorite act in order to play an event had to make X amount of dollars and they scale the house where the best seats are getting charged at you know, a pretty high price, but the, the bulk of the stadium is relatively reasonable, I'm okay with that. I think the, the point that I am not okay with is when you go to these sites and you're buying expensive tickets because live has just become very expensive, we live in an experiential world, when you're seeing fees tacked on that are 30, 35% in addition to that already expensive price, that's where I have the issue because that doesn't need to be there. That's just the profit for that ticketing exchange that's connecting a buyer and a seller. And so at Seat Club, what we're seeking to do is say, for $99 a year, you can become a member of Seat Club and get access to that same exact inventory without any fees or any markups. And the cost that we're getting that inventory at, we're passing directly along to our members. And it's somewhat of a Costco model where the only money that Seat Club makes is on that $99 membership fee. That saves people a lot of money and a lot of time because as a consumer, before I started Seat Club, I would look at four or five different websites the same exact tickets. And each of those websites, I would have to go through a sales funnel, sometimes as many as seven different screens with a clock that's ticking down to make me feel like I'm going to lose that ticket only to get to the end and see that exorbitant fee at the very last checkout screen. And sometimes it's not very obvious. That fee is just generating profit for those companies to be able to go and spend money on Google for paid search. Really, the biggest winner in the entire secondary market ecosystem is Google because billions of dollars are being spent by these companies 
for paid search. Hmm. So now that we have a better understanding of how C-Club works, what's been the most impactful response and comment you've got from somebody who has used C-Club? So C-Club works for all different events. I think if you're thinking about the expensive event, we had a user that was taking four people to the national championship game, Michigan alum, didn't care about price. Um, well, to the extent that they wanted the best possible seats. Obviously, everyone cares about getting hit with fees, but they said, we're going to go buy tickets on the Michigan 50-yard line. They sent a screenshot to me after the purchase, and a ticket on our site was $1,000 less per ticket than on Ticketmaster for the same exact ticket. So if you're looking at that one transaction, that person for four people saved $4,000. Well, I take it back. They saved $3,900 because they sprung for our $99 membership, but they just got 40 years worth of value in one transaction. I think what rings true for me as the best transaction, um, maybe taking a step back, we're a family of five that goes to a ton of events. This weekend, we went to the Ravens-Texans game, brought my family. This upcoming weekend, we're flying up to Baltimore for the championship game. When you're able to save excess of 20, 25, 30% on tickets, it's almost like me being able to bring one of the members of my family for free to a game, right? And so we had a family that used this for a family show. They were able to save on a $1,000 transaction enough money where one of their kids essentially went to that show for free compared to what they would have paid on one of the other ticketing exchanges. And so the value proposition is huge when you're talking about national championship games, the Super Bowl is coming up and, and the pricing is going to be bigger than it's ever been before because we're talking about Las Vegas in a venue that's smaller than other venues. Um, those high dollar events, C-Club has a tremendous amount of value. But if you ask me personally, what's the most impactful? It's that family of four or five that can go to a game and now with the excess money they're saving, they're able to buy food and bev, merchandise, um, bring another family member. And I think that that's the reason that we built C-Club is for people to be able to feel good about the ticket buying experience and not be turned off by the fees. You've been in this industry for a long time now. The salaries of the athletes of these these teams are 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 really astronomical now. The the LA Dodgers have spent so much money on on great talent that have we been priced out? Has the average family been priced out of of major league sports? I think these salaries are very, very lofty, expensive, but justified if you're thinking about the amount of revenue that's coming into these clubs and organizations and leagues, a lot of it's being driven by the media rights, right? And so that's obviously a huge bucket. Ticketing is, is a massive bucket as well. I think that to an extent, the answer is yes, right? I don't understand how, you know, a family of, of four can go to multiple events when the average cost of that family going to a football game is in excess of a thousand dollars. Yes. I mean, I think for the vast majority of people going to an event has become a far more expensive endeavor 
which is why this value proposition exists, right? You can make back your $99 subscription fee just on one event. And so I'm trying to think about the best way to answer your question because I'm somebody that I don't have, I don't have jewelry. I don't have expensive clothes, watches, but I will spend whatever I need to spend to see my team play or to see that live act, right? When you know, Dave Matthews is coming to town or Drake is coming to town or whomever, I'm probably going to spend a disproportionate amount of money to go to that event um, and just choose other areas of my life not to spend. And so for me, I value the live experience. And that's not just concerts and sports. I value travel. I value going out to dinner with friends and family. And I think what you're seeing is a generation of, of people that are shifting to that mindset of life is about experiences. Life is about live. With that said, I think everything is extremely expensive in this post-COVID world where people want to go out, which is why we tried to make the pricing of C-Club so that you can be even on your very first transaction. And if you're talking about folks that are spending into the thousands of dollars a year on tickets, those aren't necessarily millionaires. Those are families of four and five where they want to go to a football game, a basketball game, a baseball game at a concert, right? Pick one of each. Now you're talking about going to four events a year times four tickets. It's just expensive. And that's that's the world of live events as we see it right now. You make a great point because I'm just like you. You know, I I wear logo items all the time. I don't wear expensive clothes and expensive jewelry. I'm wearing Gotham FC today, but most of the time you're seeing me in Pittsburgh sports uh, outfits all the time to nauseam probably of all my friends and 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 family. So I, I get that. We recently purchased tickets to see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. And we said, hey, if we're going to do this, now my better half, she, she had seen Billy before, but I had never seen Billy Joel live before. And I said, you know, if we're going to do this, let's do it the right way. So we we got front row seats at a much reduced rate than they're normally because of just, I, I don't know, it was because of the day or whatnot. But there are all, also times that you can get cheaper seats if you wait. How does that work with Seat Club? Does that matter at all if you if you wait to, to, to see how the prices go? Or is that a set price? And that's what's different about your company. Uh, here's the thing that I really love about what we're doing is to your point, there's plenty of times where the ticket price becomes less expensive as the event nears, right? Let's call it nine out of 10 times that will happen. You'll wait until the last minute and feel like you're getting a deal, still having to pay fees. Unfortunately, there's that one time that just like Econ 101, this is supply and demand, where there's more demand than supply and the prices shoot up the day of the game, right? That, that will happen. Every other ticketing site only makes money when you purchase. And so they're driven to get the consumer to buy tickets right away. There'll be pop-ups that say, tickets are selling fast, don't miss out. There'll be a clock that says five minutes and it runs down to give you a sense of urgency that if you don't buy this ticket, you're going to be shut out. Because we don't make any money, 
on ticket purchases and it's only that yearly $99 subscription, we want to help support the customer to make the best possible decision, whether that's buying right away for an event that might go up in price or saying, if this is a Wednesday night game against a team that's not top tier, we know that there will be a ton of inventory as the game gets closer. Let's wait. C-Club supports that. Again, in life and in business, I'm a huge believer in alignment. And the alignment isn't necessarily there with the other exchanges when they're only making money when you purchase. Here, as we look to unroll new tools in the future, we want to help it make it easier, help to make it easier for consumers to understand when to buy and when to hold off. And so hopefully that answers your question that, well, let me take it a step further. Whatever the price is in a market that's going up or a market that's going down, that's the price you'll pay at C-Club. So those market dynamics will still exist within C-Club as they will with the other exchanges. Does that, does that resonate? Absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you've done in the past. Dynasty, you were the founder and chief executive officer there as well. Why did you do that? Why did you get involved? What is the passion there for you? The passion, as I stated earlier, is always around live events. And can I make a living doing something I love? Uh, I went to college at George Washington University in D.C. One, because I didn't want to miss any Ravens home games. Uh, but the professional reason for going there is because they had a sports management school and that was one of the first programs or one of the first universities that offered sports management. And my now father-in-law at the time asked me, okay, how are you going to support my daughter in sports? We, we got engaged actually when I was a senior in college. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, I've always been obsessed with tickets for as long as I can remember. I think it's a, it's a completely fascinating marketplace that there is an intrinsic value and in, in love for either that artist or that team. So it makes it really easy to become passionate about ticket prices. And going back then, um, there wasn't a lot of professionalism around how to price tickets and how to distribute tickets for live events rights holders. And I saw an opportunity to go in to partner with teams and venues and artists to help them be able to properly price their tickets and properly be able to distribute their tickets. And, and what I think is interesting is Seat Club has nothing to do with any of the either any of the prior two businesses I've been involved with. It's a, in a completely different segment than Dynasty, and Dynasty is in a completely different segment than the travel and hospitality business that I had that we started in college. And so it's been interesting to be in the live event world around ticketing and be in three completely separate businesses that have nothing to do with, with each other. And I think that's the fun part about this thing is there's just an opportunity in live events to solve problems that help consumers, right? Doing travel packages for an NFL team, it was great to be able to offer fans the ability to have a one-stop shop to be able to go see their team play on the road, go to Pittsburgh, right? And sit in, in three or four rows of seats where you're just, you know, with other Ravens fans that kind of solved the need there with seat club solving the need to reduce the cost of already expensive tickets 
with Dynasty, seeing a need to help teams and rights holders be able to better price and distribute their inventory. So I think all of these three businesses have been around finding some sort of need in the industry where you can provide a transparent solution to help your counterparty. Um, and so it's been very fulfilling on, on completely different levels, these businesses. So follow me on this. I always ask, uh, like to ask these kind of uh, what if questions. So, so the Ravens get to the Super Bowl, right? But you're told no family members in this Super Bowl are allowed to come with you, but you are allowed to bring anybody from either the past or the present. They can be athletes. They can be friends. Who are the three people that are going to the Super Bowl with you, non-family members? That is a tremendous question that I'm trying to figure out who not to offend. So I appreciate the fact that there are no family members here. And I appreciate the fact that you're not holding it against me that that the Ravens could potentially uh, be in this thing as a, as a Pittsburgh guy. I've seen your team go plenty of times. Um one would have to be Ray Lewis. 31-26 Baltimore, fourth and two at the 15. Great tight end formation, backs in the eye. Rolls the deep back, gets the handoff, oh! into the backfield! The Ravens stop him! Ray Lewis comes up the middle, and it's all over! It's a Hall of Fame play. That's where he'll be in five or six, seven, eight years, whenever he decides to retire. I've had the privilege of getting to know Ray over the, the past few years, and watch games with him, and to be able to get that type of insight from somebody who's played the game. I think that as much as I love football and feel like I'm knowledgeable about football, I'm knowledgeable as someone who watches the game on TV, not knowledgeable with the X's and O's. And so having that person um, would be great. So Ray Lewis would be one. Now you're now we're getting a little bit harder. My, my world is very athlete-centric. Um, I think Johnny Unitas would be another one as a, as a Baltimore guy. I think that the 58 championship game was arguably the greatest game in football history. And to maybe bring him back and see how the game has evolved, seeing as he was really the first downfield passer I think the, the league had seen would really be interesting. I don't know. Am I allowed to bring people back? Yeah. Hmm. The last one is not going to be a sports person. I'm trying to think of who the best person to bring here is. I'm a huge Dave Matthews fan. You've got your ball, you got your chain tied to me, tight, tie me up again. Who's got the claws in you, my friend? Into your heart, heart beat again. I got to see Dave Matthews at uh, at the Super Bowl tailgate last year and got to talk to him for a second. And sometimes they tell you, you don't want to meet your idol, right? I met him for a limited period of time. Great conversation. Know the guy's a sports fan or else he wouldn't have been at the Super Bowl last year. To maybe be able to sit there for, for three plus hours and to get my music fix in and to ask the questions I want to ask about music, that would be exciting to me on a personal level. Mm, great answers. Johnny Unitas, by the way, I had a brief meeting. Expert guy. Yeah. And, you know, he was the most humble, kind, 
person that you would ever want to meet. Somebody who didn't make tons of money because of the era that he played in. Oh, goodness, how he could have made the money had he played in a, in a different era. But just a wonderful human being to sit down and talk with. Ray Lewis, to me, other than maybe, you know, I'm always going to be biased, but I was much younger when I watched Jack Lambert play. But in modern day, to me, is the probably the greatest football player to watch live ever. He was so dominant. I mean, a lot of people say LT, Lawrence Taylor, up here in this way, right? But moving side to side and having such a ferocious appetite to play the game and such a leader, he led the Ravens to that Super Bowl victory that year. You know, he's, I, I totally get that because he, he, he was such a great player. And then I guess you're just like me. It's music, you know, it's music and sports, right? So uh, just great answers on that. Now you played sports as well. You were at the Tilton School in New Hampshire. You played basketball and you mentioned that your kids uh, all play sports too. When you were playing basketball, did did it ever come to into your mind that this is an industry that you wanted to get involved with or you just love to play? Uh, I love to play as long as I can remember. Love being competitive. I think it's a, it's a great question because when I was playing basketball at the Tilton School in New Hampshire, happened to be during the Ravens 2000 Super Bowl season. And I was living in New Hampshire. At that time, there wasn't direct TV. There wasn't Sirius XFM, Sirius XM. And I was unable to actually witness that season. I went to one playoff game, wasn't able to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and at that moment, I said to myself, A, I'm going to college back home, right, in D.C. or in Maryland. And two, I need to go to as many games as possible to make up for this one season. Because I think that that was, as a Ravens fan, probably the most impactful season that we've ever had. And so that set me on a little bit of a journey that – I wanted to find a way to A, go to school back at home and B, find a way to make money to afford being able to go to watch live events. And so that might be a roundabout way of saying it was so impactful to me that I was actually away during my youth because that drove me back home. And in order to pay to be at the university I was at, I had to make money. And what better way than to put on travel packages for your favorite team and be compensated to go to games. And so that set me on this path where I realized from an early age, if you can figure out how to make money doing what you love to do, it's way better than, you know, the nine to five job, which I've had those where you're, you're waiting for lunch to hit so you can get out for an hour. You're waiting for five o'clock to hit. And so, um, I was just blessed and fortunate enough and maybe stupid enough at the time to try and start businesses around sports and entertainment. And unfortunately, I've gotten very lucky to where I've been able to make a living off of this and provide for my family and, and have some success here. That's great. I, I have a pretty interesting story to tell you about the Ravens winning the Super Bowl uh, that year against the 49ers. And that was this was before fantasy sports got really big, right? But there were still 
pools and actually they were like oh hush hush you have pools you know work and everything else now it's everywhere right but i said to myself it was one of those pools where all the teams had already made the playoffs right so you knew the teams that are in the playoffs and you had to pick who you thought would go you know and win each each round and i said well what would make me most upset and i said well if the ravens win the super bowl so i picked them to win the Super Bowl, and would you know it, it was like there were, I think, between 300 and 500 people in the pool. I won because the Ravens went all the way. And then you remember at halftime of that game, there was a blackout. I the, remember that, petrified both from a safety and a, are the Ravens going to blow this game standpoint? Right. It was the only thing that could stop their momentum, and it did. And the 49ers kept coming back, and I said, that's my luck. Look. The Ravens are going to lose this game. I'm going to lose all this money. and uh, But I won a lot of money from, from that pool. So thanks to the Ravens because, hey, sometimes that's the way I like to bet. It's like, well, if I don't win the team that I want to win, I need something else, right? So, so with the Ravens winning the Super Bowl, I was happy, even though I didn't want them really to win deep down in my heart. I love that story because I'm the exact same way. And I will preface this also that I have a ton of respect for the Steelers. I think that rivalry is because it's very similar towns. Baltimore and Pittsburgh are very blue collar, hardworking towns where their football teams take on that, that persona. And so there's a lot of respect there for the Steelers as well. I would have done the same thing. Touching on an earlier question you had about have we been priced out of events? I think the event that people have really been priced out of is the Super Bowl. The, the cost of going to that game, forget about what the tickets will cost on the secondary market. Just the face value of those tickets are in the thousands and thousands of dollars. So as I think about, you know, should we be fortunate enough for the Ravens to play that game? I want to be able to bring my kids. It'll be a life memory, right? I didn't have that memory in 2000, 2001. I want to be able to give that memory to my kids, the thought of paying all this money and seeing your team lose is a little bit tough for me to handle. And so the way that I'm thinking about dealing with it is whatever the cost is for those tickets, maybe betting the other way, okay? <laughs> so that it's like, I'm okay. I'm, maybe I'm not okay, but a free trip to Vegas to watch my team lose, I can, I can pallet that. I can also stomach if the Ravens win and I lose some money on a bet on the other team. So I think it's it's a win-win. So I appreciate the way as a, as a diehard sports fan, you're thinking about it because I think as fanatical sports fans, you with your teams, you know, myself with my teams, sometimes you're not rational about the emotions you have as a, as a sports fan. And sometimes I find myself saying, God, would I rather the Steelers lose a game or the Ravens win a game? And when you start thinking about that, you realize how crazy you are. <laughs> it's true. And Getting back to what we had talked about, paying whatever it costs. Uh, I remember when it was the Winter Classic again, the Capitals and the uh, Penguins in Pittsburgh. And uh, it was the first night they moved it to a night game, the Winter Classic. And I took uh, two of my nephews and my niece to the game and spent a lot of money buying a ticket for all four. But it's a, it's it's something I'll never forget. And the Penguins did not win that game. In fact, Sidney Crosby suffered a bad concussion and uh, really, you know, probably shortened his career somewhat a little bit 
I eventually was able to bounce back, but it's a memory that you'll never forget. The camaraderie that you have with your your friends or family members that are with you, and and I know they will never forget it as well. You know, I, I have to congratulate you on this because your passion, there's nothing better than having a passion and turning it into a business and turning it into a successful business that your whole family benefits from when you think about it, as you mentioned. Cole Rubin is the not only the founder and CEO of Seat Club, but he's also been a sports industry veteran for a long time. Continued success, and thanks for joining us on Sports Jam. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can hear all the past shows by going to wbgo.org slash sportsjam or wbgo.org slash studios. You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.